Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Weigh with Jamila Jamil, a podcast against shame. I hope you're well, but what happened in an elementary school in Texas this week makes it really hard for most of us to even comprehend what kind of world we're living in. And it is just fucking weekly atrocity upon atrocity in the news cycle. But this being such young children and this being the 27th mass shooting in America this year, and it's only May, we're at the end of May, just makes you wonder what what is going to be enough for us to have gun laws that protect people. All these same people crying pro-life, pro-life, caring about all these children that don't even exist, doing nothing, lifting not a finger to protect the children already here. Soon as they're out the womb, they're on their own. And this isn't me trying to crowbar the abortion conversation into a tragedy. This is me saying that these same senators claim to care so much about the lives of children, about the lives of citizens, about the futures of all these people they haven't even met yet. And yet they won't do a single thing. In over two decades since Columbine, they won't do anything to make this country just a little bit safer. We've seen this work again and again in other countries. And I know that we're never going to be able to abolish all guns in the United States, but we need some sort of legislation creating restrictions that stop this from happening with such ease. What is it going to take? My heart goes out, of course, to the victims, to the families of the victims, to the families of the teachers who gave up their lives to protect the children that they are supposed to just be educating. But also, a special thought goes out today to all of the parents around the United States. Being a parent is already terrifying enough. Never mind literally not knowing if when you pick up your child from school, if they're going to be there. Because nobody is doing anything to protect your children. I've spent this week just texting all of my friends who are parents in the United States and checking in on them because I can't imagine that feeling. I can't imagine how afraid and disappointed you are. It is truly unfathomable to me. And it must be extremely challenging to have to send your child to school here. So you have all of my love. And I will continue to do my best to keep raising awareness around this subject and keep fighting and try to stop falling into the trap we all fall into if they're never going to change. 
we have to make them change. We have to become, I mean, if, if, if we're not incentivized by now, we have to get there. We are in an emergency. We have to do everything we can to educate ourselves about our political leaders and make sure that at every level of government, we are electing the people who reflect our values. Now, today's episode is not directly related, obviously, to what's just happened in the news, but parts of it, I think, resonate with me because a lot of it is about how we take control back of the situation when it comes to how our lives are being managed by members of government who clearly do not give a shit about us and what we can do to change that. I'm speaking today to Erin Gibson, a podcaster, a producer, a writer. She's won countless awards, a wonderful comedian who is extremely vocal about so many things. And I'm going to have to ask her to come back on this podcast because there's so many things I want to dig in with her about. But we got talking about pro-choice and abortion rights and healthcare and the fight against that, and the fight against our humanity and our dignity and what we can do about it. And she's super knowledgeable about the system in a way that I simply can't be because I'm still relatively new here. And we have such an interesting and open discussion about the current abortion crisis, where it's coming from, media fear-mongering and why people don't think critically anymore. We talk about conspirituality, which I didn't know about before and I urge you to listen so you can learn about it too because it'll it'll definitely ring a bell as to things that you've seen online. We talk about her relationship with depression and where she found comfort and we talk about local politics and all of the ways in which we can empower ourselves and empower each other and empower generations to follow. So I hope you find it interesting. I hope you're okay. This is a wonderful episode and a much needed chat. We need more of these chats. We need to normalize the conversation around everything to do with the female reproductive system. It is just vital that we talk about the rights of people with uteruses, about the rights of the people, about our right to be represented by people who are doing their best to protect and serve us. Lots of love. This is Erin Gibson. Bloody Gibson. Welcome to I Way. Thank you for, for finally getting someone finally got my middle name right. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> How are you? Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing excellent considering the circumstances. Fine, I'll take that. And the circumstances are really dog shit. So that's a big deal, actually. For sure. Dog shit is the only way I could describe it. A hundred percent. Actually, dog shit might not even be as bad. At least that's a neat little turd most of the time. We are in a ginormous shit show. It feels like, do you remember that massive shit in, um, sorry everyone, uh, but in Jurassic Park? Oh, absolutely. That Laura Dern like just gets involved in. I feel yes. like that is the state of the world, especially for and, women and people with uteruses. And we've not come out of it. We're still in it. We're trying to find oh, our way out. Knee deep. Knee deep. Maybe tits deep. I'm tits deep. Oh my goodness. Um, so are you just feeling good today or... I mean, have you been struggling in the last month? I've been really fucking struggling. I'm not sleeping. Oh, yeah, I'm not sleeping. And just dips, dips every day of just waking up and being like, I think I think I can do this today. And then reading one second of any media publication. I've been naughty and I haven't read the news since last Friday. 
because I just can't take, I need a break. I, I think that's very healthy. I don't. Has think anything happened have... since then? Have we like? Are we still allowed to be educated? Have they taken away our drivers' licenses? There's been four yet? shootings in the U.S. since Fuck last Friday. Me. Yes, no, that even managed to reach me. But you know what? Thank goodness, guns have more laws to protect them than uteruses do, and you can get them before you can drink. And I think that's a always that's a great rule of thumb. And it's a decision you're allowed to make yourself. I'm so happy for guns having so many rights. Must be cool. Talk to me about how how you're feeling about all this abortion shit. Well, I, I have to be honest with you because I have I I I, I am very niche involved in like granular laws in the U.S. and have been for the last twelve years. Love that. I saw it coming. I knew it was going to happen. And I knew Kavanaugh was a fucking liar. I knew, he, mm. I, you know, I went to college As for with Amy like Phony that. Barrett, for goodness Amy, sake. We have gone through several iterations of what we call her um, on my show. We started with Amy Clowny Butthole. <laughs> but I think now we're going to stick with Amy Cummy Blanket. <laughs> <laughs> and we call Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, we, we call Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh. Oh my God. But these, we call them beer Kavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> there is a direct correlation with people becoming marginalized people and people who have been historically excluded, feeling more seen and heard. And then the, the, the clamp down yeah. of actually no. Oh, the birth rate's down? Guess what? We're going to overturn Roe versus Wade. Like the U.S. birth stats are like nobody under 30 is having kids. And so they're like, oh, women have too much power. Just the just the idea that like we're getting a little, we're, we're, we're making some monumental steps forward and this is them kicking us back down the stairs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what, I mean, Gloria Steinem came onto this podcast and said, that every single moment of progress is always, always followed by a supreme backlash and that the cornerstone and sort of first step of every single historical authoritarian regime was to control people's uteruses, to control reproductive rights. Mm -hmm. And that is a terrifying pattern. And then looking back into Hitler and like all these different dictators. The fascist, yeah. Yeah, fascist. Mussolini did it. Exactly, exactly. It's always there. And, And it's just, there are so many levels to it that that are I mean just awkwardly apparent like the amount of complaint that has been about immigrants right refugees coming into this country being like we don't have enough resources we are you know we have too many homeless people we're you know too many people starving and and then they're forcing more homegrown bodies this is well, ridiculous also, it's so like- which one is it it's the same. They just flip the record. It's the same song. They're just flipping the record. Like, you know, I'm Irish American. My grand, my great grandmother came here from Ireland, um, and you know, she couldn't get a job because mm-hmm. that was. It was like just the, people focusing their hate on different groups to just I don't know some stupid outlet for their inherited trauma that they refuse to stop. Some kind of like hateful sh- shit that's running through their veins. And now, and then they just pick a new group. That's what they do. There's no, they don't actually care about anybody. I don't even think they care about themselves. 
Well, that's that that famous quote that's been going around about the fact that the unborn are very convenient group to advocate for because they don't they require, require any resources. Yeah. So yeah. they'll never take. And so therefore you can advocate for them as this sort of like, I don't know, ethereal being. The second that baby's out the fucking womb, they they're care. on their own. The parents on their own. We have the highest maternal mortality rate of any of a country that's wealthy. We have the highest. So and that's we're not doing don't have access to healthcare. Yeah. And because we have a we have a real disrespect for people who are going through birth. It's also like it's fifty thousand dollars to have a baby to give birth if you don't have insurance. Let me tell you something. I mean that's I had a baby is coming out regardless. You there's no stopping it. No. I remember I was like in between I was like transitioning from being an actor to a writer. And I was about to, I was, I had my SAG insurance had just lapsed and I was about to get covered for, from WGA, but I had like a six month window where I wasn't covered and I fell asleep in a pair of jogging pants and they were really tight. And my nightmare was that I was pregnant and that I didn't want to have the baby because I didn't want to go into medical debt. Wow. A fucking nightmare. So talk to me about your, because I know you have a really, really My sweatpants. understanding <laughs> of the system, because I think a lot of us are feeling incredibly helpless and confused. And I, especially as a non-American, um, I'm absolutely blown away. And by the way, you know, we're seeing this in Brazil, we're seeing this in Poland, we're seeing this in all these countries that we didn't expect, how everyone's returning to religious kind of extremism at least as an excuse what is that why is that what is this like comeback it's like a it's like jesus is having a reconnaissance like what is happening it's the perception well there's this there's this replacement theory shit that's going around that's like yeah, white will people you talk being like about that i you know we we see tucker carlson kind of alluding to it constantly yeah will you explain that to people because i pretend think we're that i'm that an expert even week. without the bow tie um <laughs> <laughs> it's basically that white people are being replaced by other people. So it's really white cisgendered men are being replaced. Those are those are the people who are like butthurt and threatened that other people have, I don't know, a house, a place to live, jobs. They're just, just you know, they, they take it as a personal assault that other people exist and that there's finite room for everybody, which I guess in theory there is, but you know, not to bring it back to when I was a commercial actress, but I remember like when I first started, first came to Hollywood and I was doing like commercial acting for those of you who don't know is like print modeling um, for normal people who can <laughs> deliver a joke, I guess. But it was so, I walked into a room and there was like 85 people who looked like me. I didn't feel special anymore. And I had a real identity crisis. And I remember my, my ex at the time was like, there is enough to go around. If you don't get this job, it's not the person who's ne next to you in that room. It's not their fault. It's some crazy shit outside of your control. And mm -hmm. there's no one to blame in this scenario. You know, the system's just kind of fucked. And I always think about that when I think about these people who are like, no, you're the reason that my life sucks. It's not the case. It's just, it's easier. It's so much easier to point at somebody or point at a group of people and say, you're the reason my life is shitty rather than being like this massive, invisible, governmental 
organization is the reason that my life sucks. The fact also, that like, we not, don't have any industry here is the reason my life sucks. Like that's sure. difficult. But I'm not trying to be an apologist when I say that I do also make some space for the fact that the media, especially this like bipartisan media where we're both being shown completely different statistics, studies, stories with completely different. I follow um, All Sides Now and Ground News, which are centrist publications, because the left are also guilty of hyperbole or dishonesty or racism, ableism, uh, fat phobia, transphobia, so much transphobia on the left. So I follow a lot of centrist publications who who do a really good job in showing both left and right headlines right alongside each other of the same incident to show the ways in which things are being twisted to ignite outrage in both in both different groups, right? And so for what these people, right? So f- yeah, exactly for division because outrage and division sells papers in the way that sex used to. We're yeah. kind of hyperinflated on the value of sex because everyone got their buttholes out, and so now, and that's great. But now division and outrage is the new sex. So I do have empathy for all these people who are genuinely afraid about abortion, afraid about the birth rate going down, afraid about being replaced, only because. All that is happening to them is that they are being terrorized and fear-mongered. And unless you are already following people and unless your algorithm is already showing you things that are from the other side, if all you are seeing is a barrage of what you can't even distinguish as xenophobic anymore because it's what everything you're seeing looks like, then I can understand the fear. The media has so much blood on its hands that it's terrifying. I'm, again, I'm not trying to be an apologist, but I do also think it's really important to to identify the cause and not just the symptom. For sure. And also like people don't have the skills to do the thing that you, you've done, which is seek out other things. Like we don't, we have a very large decline in civics classes in at the high school level in the US education What's that? system. What's the civics class? Civ- how does the government work? How, oh, how, how to, how to read, how to have critical thinking. Like we have, we don't have any, any classes that teach critical thinking skills and we don't have classes that teach civics. So people don't know how the government works and they also don't, they don't understand how to question things in a way that doesn't make media the ultimate authority. It's like, okay, for example, my mom doesn't know she doesn't have to pick up her cell phone. Like she's for a generation of people who, when the phone rings, you pick it up. Okay. So oftentimes what will happen is like, I'll call her and she'll get mad at me. Cause she's like, I'm at the doctor. And I'm like, don't answer the phone. But she's so trained in the way that the phone needs to be answered. And I feel like there's a lot of people here who, especially in the U S who are like, Facebook is the news. Twitter is the news. And the news is right. NBC nightly news, CNN, MSNBC, it's all right. And no, like, uh, you know, sometimes I watch Rachel Maddow and I'm like, I don't know if I agree with you, you know, and that's same because I have a healthy sense of, of questioning everything. It's exhausting. But But, you're also in a society that, that if you dare to attempt critical thinking, you're accused of doubting whichever side, quote unquote, that you've picked. And then you're a bad person, you're complicit and you may as well just be a fucking xenophobic supremacist. You know what I mean? A white yeah. supremacist. So that's also something. Or that you're I uppity. I, 
I yeah. I don't know if I you know that term. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. No, we know. I think uh, <laughs> anyone who socialized as female has been uh, called uppity uh, at some point uppity. in their life. I we were t- I was talking about this with a friend the other day. Like, what do people get out of reading things that are incendiary like that? What what does it activate something in you? And if it does, yes. like, you need to think about why. Well, wait, incendiary like what? Also, what does well, incendiary mean? Well, when you read mean? something that were, well, like <laughs> shit talking articles or oh, right, 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 right. demeaning shit or like. Okay, well, look, I can, I can speak for those people, right? Because right. I am a, I'm a trash bag. Um, I think when you, <laughs> you feel. You read the mirror is what you're saying. <laughs> I've definitely done it. Like I've definitely done it. I've, I've been also like a slut shaming public figure trash bag twat. Like I. So I think what it is, is A, for me at least, it was misplaced rage, right? For sure. I I was assaulted when I was younger. I didn't have an outlet. I picked the easiest target. That was other women because I was young and ignorant and lazy. I didn't under, didn't even know the term patriarchy, didn't really know what misogyny was. I just, uh, I was just full of hate and I just spewed it out at probably the place where I was least likely to be hit back which was other women. And now I still criticize sometimes other women, but also men, but I always do it. Always. I triple check myself beforehand to make sure that I'm doing something that is just correct, fair and for women rather than against that one woman to just be a dick. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but- Although some women do deserve it. Amy no, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, no, yes. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, because some people go the other way where they're like, we can never criticize women because that's been well that goes back to a lack of critical thinking right doesn't it just like a full black and white like no it should be like this or this that's it but for other people I think you know when you're having I don't know low self-esteem right and you're feeling like shit about yourself a a literal tactic and design we even had a tabloid journalist a former a reformed recovered tabloid journalist on this podcast Dean Piper and in that we were talking about the fact that they are deliberately catering to making you feel bad about, like better about your life. It's like, well, your life isn't as bad as X or you don't look as bad as X or look at this ugly picture of X's thighs. Don't you feel so much better about yourself? Also, by the way, just in case anyone was wondering or looking at their phone, that was my phone alarm. That was my boyfriend's phone alarm that went off because he was having a little nap in the room. Um, And so don't worry, you haven't missed an alarm. I just want to make sure that no one heard that sound and then started panicking. Their parking meter's up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, No, I I agree. So I do think that, you know, like the more we are stepped on by society, the more the cost of living becomes impossible, the more that we um, we are pushed down, the more we... I think it's a it's a, it's an unfortunate human trait to like want to gossip about someone else or or feel holier than someone else. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm a fuck up. Yeah, I'm ignorant, but at least I haven't made the mistake that they have made publicly. I'm going to pile on them and exert my superiority in this brief moment in which I can actually feel superior. I don't mean that in a patronizing way. I say that as one of the the trash people. I mean, look, everybody I've had a similar trajectory where I was raised in the South and I was raised to be a straight up dangling and I was not taught to, there's this term in the South called your MS degree, which is basically you go to college to get married and that's it. Oh, right. So um, that's what I grew up with. I grew up thinking like, I don't deserve autonomy. I don't deserve to have a career. And I remember when I moved to Chicago, to start doing Second City there, I started just 
like reading so many books about this because I was like, why do I feel better? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now that I'm not in the South anymore, why do I feel better? And that kind of helped me to like realize all the things that ha- I had been taught and had been ingrained in me about being less than and not having control over what was happening or being said to me or whatever. And I don't know, I I feel very lucky that I have come from being someone who was like, I'm a guy's girl. I only hang out with a guy. Same. And, you know, that mm-hmm. shit just thinking about whether or not I'm fuckable or whatever. And then going from that to being like, I cannot tell you how lucky I am. And all, this isn't just a gendered thing, but like my friends are so um, different and from all all kinds of places and uh, all kinds of identities. And my life is so much richer now because I don't have that like binary way of thinking, but I only gained that from removing myself from that situation. And I don't think a lot of people have that luxury. It's a luxury to be able to go and like explore yourself and like figure out who you are outside of these systems that you've been raised in because sometimes those systems, even though they're fucked up, it feels safe. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now listen, we all carry around different stresses, big, small, medium size, and a lot of us keep them bottled up because sometimes we just have to. But doing that all of the time can really, really start to negatively impact your life. And I say that from experience. I'm British. We are told to never say how we're feeling about anything ever. And uh, that's why so many of us are so sad. Now, a way that I was able to remedy that was by having therapy, which was super helpful for me, not only because it's amazing to get things off your chest, but also all week, you know, as you're bottling things up, because it's not always the time or place to say exactly how you feel, you know, you're going to get that hour where you're able to get everything off your chest and say it exactly as you want to. And this therapist isn't going to take it personally. And they're not going to hold it against you or throw it back in your face during an argument over dinner next week. You just have this complete freedom. Honestly, I think everyone should have therapy, regardless of whether they think they need it, because it's so amazing to have a confidant. It's a journal that talks back to you and helps you with all of your problems. I think therapy is just a safe space to get everything off your chest to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, then maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists if you don't like them anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iWay today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iWay. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.
What's your advice for people who might be listening to this, who who are starting to see more on social media and look around and listen to podcasts like this and watch things like Broad City, who are just like, fuck, maybe there's more for me. What is I your think you advice? Can't be, you can't be scared. Like the fear is what keeps people from, from well, doing Well, you can that. be scared. Maybe you don't have to be yes. navigating your life according to your fear. Maybe. Yeah. No, that's very good advice. Like you will be scared. I was, Mm. I moved to Chicago with $300. I had no money. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I found a roommate Mm. on Craigslist. Like that's something that I just decided to, to be okay with, you know, even though I was petrified, but I do say everything that I have done that has really scared me has always paid off in spades because it's, I leveled up in ways that I never even imagined. I just thought I would be moving to this thing or trying this job or whatever. Um, but it's just made me a calmer, nicer, more compassionate, and also more critical person of the things around me. I mean, I have a friend who called me and he was like, you know, I went to high school with this person. I loved her so much. She was so incredible and compassionate, but now she's a hardcore Republican and she's into conspirituality and I don't know what to do about it. And my first question what was, what did you call it? Conspirituality. Conspirituality, which is like, what is that? It's like yoga QAnon. people. It's yoga plus QAnon, basically. It's like, what? Oh yeah. It's huge in LA. It's actually huge in, in New Mexico. Wait, so you too. didn't make this up? This is no, a thing. that's a, I, I heard a, another, a, a person more brilliant than me <laughs> told me. And I was like, that's a great term. Okay. Wait, another, so break it down for me. Okay. It's conspiracy, conspiracy theories plus spirituality. And it often happens with people who are into what you would think of as like natural healing modalities. Maybe they're a little skeptical of East uh, Western medicine. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're, they think that if they have a, like a bad kidney that yoga can heal that. That's how it kind of starts. And then it, COVID made it worse. And then because of QAnon the got in the mix. Right, yeah, yeah. Yes. So then QAnon. So, you know, I have yoga. I know friends of friends who are who are in the yoga community who are straight up QAnon believers. And if you look at the circle of those things, spirituality, because people are trying to like organize and put modalities on this abstract thing kind of feels like QAnon in a way. And sometimes mm. they kiss. Mm-hmm. I listen, I believe in weird shit. I like I'm, I live in New Mexico now and I am fully into the alien scene. Like I, oh, really? oh, I love it. I love it. But it's, it feels like magic to me. You know, it doesn't yeah. feel like an escape. I'm just like, we live in a magical place. This could totally be possible. I put crystals I've into Feng Shui is my, that's my, con- that's my confession. That's my confession <laughs> to everyone. I'm really into Feng Shui now. But isn't it fun? Uh, it's fun it's to new, think about yeah, the world Yeah, I got into in a different it over way. the pandemic and it's just been really fascinating and I love it. And it's just, it's just blown my mind. And then I've, le- I've learned more about it. And I found out that uh, in Vegas, all of the, um, like it's, it's Feng Shui consultants who have positioned all of the buildings in certain directions so that everyone loses all their money. And that they get everyone's money. I guarantee if you start getting deep into feng shui and like you get into like the, the subreddits, there will be conspirituality in there. I feel like those, there's a cross, there's got to be a crossover there. 
Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, it's just, it's so, e- it's so easy. It's so easy to get sucked in. Had Tyler Henry on this podcast, didn't really believe in ghosts. And after that, I was like, fuck, I'm too scared to masturbate now because he said that they're watching you know well if you raise catholic you're already too scared to masturbate because jesus (laughs) is watching (laughs) so i'd rather have a i'd rather have it be like a i don't know 18th century victorian uh, yeah (laughs) victorian child i'd rather that than uh, than jesus christ okay (laughs) or somebody who's judging me you know that's the worst part there's oh, yeah, judgment affiliated with it. Of course, of course. There's all I mean, there's judgment affiliated with everything to be to do with being a woman. Speaking of which, um this is a podcast predominantly about mental health. And you and I kind of touched on this when we had a pre-interview. How has your mental health been your whole life? Oh, de- depressive. Like I I I didn't have the words for it when I was a teenager. So I just listened to the music that could do that for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Alanis? Uh, oh, Alanis. A lot of rage songs mixed with mm-hmm. shoegazer music. Great. I mean, we're talking, you know, Susie Sue. And we're talking like uh, Kate Bush. We're talking mm-hmm. the all the cure. All the cure that anyone can handle, I had it. And I think when I got into, when I moved away from Texas, there's also a really a weird thing in my family. My family's Irish Catholic you do not talk about how you feel and you do not tell someone, I really, I really think you need some help with this. That's like oh, an you're English. I didn't know you were English. I couldn't, I'm, well, I mean, that is the, it's the Irish. It's nearby. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's strong in my family, <laughs> which is like dark, dark sense of humor. Don't do, don't do real emotions. We Got can it. talk about, the fucked up things that happen in the family, but you better do it in a joke. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Lots of so, alcoholism. So yeah. is it like, is Classic. it like, is, yeah, sure. <laughs> is it, so it, would you say it's actually like clinical depression or is it because being a woman is shit? Yes. Like, are you, because dep- I started to like, try to unpack the things that I'm pathologized with and I'm pro pathology and I'm pro medication. I'm pro treatment. I'm pro all of those things. All of them have saved my life. But I am starting to, as I'm getting older, just try to make sure that I stay on course with recognizing what is like a pathological issue and what is actually just me not honoring or being honored in my need for comfort. Right. And so a lot of it has been like working out, oh, I'm not actually an anxious person. I am made anxious by the positions I put myself into or other people put me into. And I don't think I am a depressive person as much as the world is very sad, especially if you are socialized as a woman. And so it might be a bit of both. But whenever I feel free of it, I feel absolutely elated and like fairly stable and normal. And so I'll still take the meds because I fucking need them because I can't get off this earth. Uh, I mean that in a positive way, um, sort of. Uh, but I, but I just, I just wonder, is it because of life or is it a like a a clinical thing well i mean mine was definitely well i have to say it's probably life because i was it's hard for me to i don't know how to parse it out and here's why i've been on prozac once and i was put on it immediately by a doctor in houston who talked to me for 10 minutes so it 
removed. Had you from... gone to him for like a broken toe and he gave you a Prozac? Oh, full like. Basically. No, well, I'll tell you, I was, I wasn't attracted to my boyfriend anymore. And I thought there was something wrong with me. Now, wow. hot tip, we... We we should have broke up, but I was like, no, this person's a great person. I should be attracted to them, but I'm not. So I went to this therapist. This is in college. And also the idea that I was like, I'm a college person. I should want to fuck all the time. And I didn't. And I so I thought there was something chemically wrong with me. So So this doctor put me on Prozac, a very high dosage. And I... I remember I used to make sandwiches for this guy who lived off of campus who was unhoused. I made sandwiches for him every week and I stopped when I was on Prozac. It made, it took away the way that I felt about, it took away my compassion. I'm not anti-meds at all. I'm not anti-meds. I got, I had a bad experience with them once and it didn't really help my depression. It just sent me into like a zombie mode. Well, really fucked out, fucked over the guy who needed the sandwiches, really. I was like, oh, he'll he got be okay. The worst deal. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it my brother and I once did that for an unhoused man for several years. And then it was cheese sandwiches he wanted. He would come and clang our gate and then we would run down and give him cheese sandwiches, my brother especially, because he was a bit older than me. So I wasn't allowed to go downstairs uh, late at night if it was too late. And um, one day he came to us and he was like, my shelter is being um, moved somewhere else. And so can you help me move all of my stuff? And we were like, sure. And we went to his to his little shelter to find, um, to get all of his belongings. And there's this one really fucking heavy bag. And we were like, fuck, what is in this heavy bag? So we looked inside and there was two years of cheese sandwiches. And we were like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? And he was like, well, I'm just more of a pate man, really. <laughs> Which is <laughs> absolutely amazing. But, but he saved them. But he saved them because he's still like, A, it was so sad and sweet that he didn't just say, actually, I'd like chopped liver sandwiches. Which we totally would have done, even though they were more expensive. He didn't want to be greedy, but he was just doing it for the fucking company. Oh, anyway, it's just such it, it's, a like funny, sweet, sad moment. He got pate sandwiches for years after that. <laughs> Don't worry. We everyone. switched it up. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a therapist in LA who was wonderful. And yeah. she was, I had her for 10 years and she really helped me. I mean, I used to, when I first moved to LA, I used to cry in traffic. <laughs> like not everyone fully, cry in traffic? I feel like when I look more, around, everyone's either picking their nose, crying, or trying to eat a full bowl of very milky cereal, which just feels like why did some, we do like it? a game show. <laughs> it's crazy. People are ridiculous in Los Angeles. Sorry, go on. Oh yeah, well, because you live in your car, because you're in your yeah. car all day long. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, it was more like I would like back out of a park. I remember I was backing out of a parking spot at my mailbox store, and someone honked at me, and I just burst into tears. I just, I, I was like. I couldn't handle anything. And it, and so she helped me through, um, it was all talk therapy. And she was like, I will send you a, to a psychiatrist if you think you need um, meds. Cause she was like, I'm, I'm very pro, like a combining the approaches. Sure. But I didn't, I didn't ever get, I was like, okay, I'm glad that's here for me, but I never got there. So that makes me think that, it's actually not chemical 
um, with me and it's more situational. Circumstantial. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just said circumstantial. I've never been happier in my life than right now. It's so upsetting to, that the world but, is ending because I like, I'm, I've never been happier and I feel super. Well, I mean, you're kind of ready to go, doesn't it? You've done it. <laughs> to die? <laughs> yeah. Um, done it all. How did you, how'd you, how'd you do it? Because if you've, if you've had so much sadness and from, you know, reading your work and watching all of your stuff, there's been a fair amount of shit that you've gone through. Mm-hmm. And, and so what have you had to overcome and how the fuck have you done it? Tell us, well, tell the people. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I have a really, my, um, my friend calls me the Terminator because literally something tragical happened and I'll be like, right back up. Um, I don't necessarily think that's healthy, but um, I don't, I, listen, overall, I have general hope in people. I have hope that there's good people around Mr. Rogers has there's this the video of him testifying at Congress when they were about to pull the PBS funding in the 80s and he was saying how scary it was but the one of the things he said was and this is basically about tragedy and how he helps children and on on his show but he was like whenever there's something disastrous that goes on I always tell children to look for the helpers don't focus necessary. I mean, yes, there's something terrible going on, but look for the helpers. And so that's what I try to do when shit's going wrong. Like I try, I accept the negative and I, and I, and I go, okay, some of this stuff is going to be outside of my control to, to, to deal with. Some of it's within my control to deal with. Here's my action items. Here's a plan. And also who is around me in this scenario? Who's making things better or helping that always gives me hope. And so regardless, it doesn't matter how tragic things get. There's always people around who are just heroes in in life. Yeah. And, just and existing. I think we're taught always to be our own hero and to also be everyone else's. And we're never really taught women, especially uh, to, we're always told we're so weak and we need a hero, but we're never actually told we're entitled to, to one and allowed to look for one ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Everyone says that yeah. you, you are weak and pathetic. You can't do it on your own. But then no one, there are no real resources and no, there's no encouragement to reach out and ask someone for help. It's like we really are just supposed to do it fucking all, which is really intense. Can I ask what some of the things that you've had to go through that you would say contributed to your depression were? Do you feel comfortable sharing? Yes, that? of course. Um, my... So a lot of poverty, quite a bit of poverty. My mm-hmm. dad, um, my dad was kind was kind of a lost person. He's very smart and very artistic, and kind of got pulled in ways in life that he w- wasn't what he wanted. So he was in theater school, and he got drafted into Vietnam, and he was made to do so by his stepdad who was the head of the Ohio RNC because he wanted to have a son in, in military service. Um, but my dad didn't want to do it, but my dad did it. And my dad came back with the purple heart and did a bunch of incredible things that he never talked about. So I was raised by, by a war veteran with undiagnosed PTSD, right? Massive rage problems, uncontrollable and unpredictable rage. And a mother who was 17 years younger than him, she was 17 when they got married. 
So she was a teenage mom. Right. So I had, and my dad, looking back, like my dad was a boomer and so was my mom, even though that's not her generation because she was a kid when they got married Mm. and she just emulated my dad. So I had two people who were rageaholics, totally, I mean, not to, I'm not going to like armchair diagnose, but like sweet, mean, sweet, mean, and you never knew which one was coming and you never knew where you stood. And so I am an expert diffuser of situations because that was, I was trained by two people who were erratic and there was no, there's no safety in that. And there was no calmness. I did not grow up with any calm moments. And so one of the things that I really, in my thirties, I was like, I have to have calmness. I have to have time to myself. That's not invaded by other people. That's just for me. Cause I got to catch up on, on a lost time, you know, and have my own thoughts and not feel like they're going to be invaded or I'm going to have someone like come in my room and blame me for something that I didn't even know was wrong to do. You know, you just never knew it was the the rules were constantly changing. However, it did make me very well equipped for the world because I feel like as a woman, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, if you're too loud, at work or you're too, you joke around too much at work or you exhibit behaviors that are not like what they deem acceptable for a woman, those rules like kind of show themselves. And so I I was raised in a way to like, be like, anything's on the table at any time and you never so you're know what's professional, coming. You're a, pre- you're a professional thin ice skater is what you're Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. Yes. I'm an eggshell tap dancer. That's amazing. Yeah. And awful and hideous. And I'm really sorry because nobody deserves that. And I think a lot of us can. But you know, you can turn that stuff into your superpower on some level. And I don't mean that anybody, no one should go through that shit ever. Should never go through that stuff. I would much rather have had like a really calm existence, but I'm able to handle stuff that a lot of people are like, I don't know how you do it. And it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like a, insurmountable thing for me to take. Uh, For example, my dad was very sick the last three years. He had throat cancer and he was living in Houston. I'm sorry. And, oh, thank you. He he was, he's a very complicated dude. He's living in Houston and I was like, okay, you're done managing your life. I'm managing your life now. And I moved him. I go, where do you want to go? And he goes, Santa Fe. So I moved him to Santa Fe. I bought a compound. I put him there. He, it was the, it was so good for our relationship because we'd never been that close, but it was because I like took control and I was like, you're not in charge anymore. And funny enough, removing his sense of responsibility for me actually allowed him to be a human being. He was crumbling. I saw in hindsight, like he was crumbling under the pressure of taking care of a family and being a dad, which was something he didn't want to fucking do. And he wasn't good at he wasn't fucking good at it. But mm-hmm. when I could take, when I took care of him and I said, I'm going to, I'm paying for your housing. I'm taking care of your medical stuff. You can just exist now. He was a fucking delight. He was great. And we got to spend the last three years together because I just was like, we're reinterpreting what our dynamic is. And it's not on your terms because you're doing a bad job. A hundred percent. Do you have kids? No, I have a, I don't have kids. I don't want children. I've never wanted children. I like children. I don't like children. 
Sorry. Have you ever, you've never met a child that charmed you? Never, not once. Not one, not one single one. I'm so sorry to all of you. I know a lot of you have children. What? I'm sorry I, I hate all of your children. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm sure they're going to be amazing when they're adult. I love teenagers. Love a teenager. Love an adult. Afraid of children. When you see a four-year-old or a toddler dancing at a wedding, what's your yeah, reaction? Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear that? Sort of a... Yeah. Or like a geese hiss. It's a real problem and I hate myself for oh, yeah. it. And my dog has inherited it. So now we both hate children, but he growls, whereas I growl internally. And it's uh, it's not likable. It's not a likable quality, but it's just how I fucking well, feel. And you know what? I think point. more people yeah. feel that way. I think more people feel that way than they admit to where they love their own child, but actually they're not that fussed about other children. I'm just not into it. I know people who don't like their own kids. <laughs> oh, fuck me. That I just a, makes I, this, I know someone this abortion twins. shit worse. Go on. You no, know someone who hated, I like, mean, do I they have... hate their twins? She was like, well, they did IVF and she was like, I, if you told me what it was going to be like, I, I would have gotten rid of one of them. <laughs> oh but at least it's honest. Listen, I don't want kids because I know how much work they are. I have a friend who's a mother who has like this tab always open with flights to like one-way ticket flights to random countries and she's just always checking the prices and just looking i love her the likelihood is she's never going to go but that tab is always always open just to give her that sense of relief that you know what i could just go to fucking acapulco i could just fuck off to bora bora right now i could just do it i could go buy some stuff from a high street store and just piss off I mean, this is like, it, it's, it would be it's, good it's for real. a week. It's real. 100%. I, yeah, no, of I course. think one of the things, and I always think about this too, when I think about like all the shitty stuff that's happening in the world. My mom in the seventies mm. couldn't get a fucking credit card. She couldn't have Isn't a credit card. Wild. I know. There's stuff, there's so much, we've made so much progress. And one of the great things is that like now as, as people who can reproduce, we can ask ourselves, is this what I want? I don't think that was the case 20 years ago. It was, you were kind of demonized if you didn't, if you didn't have kids or someone thought there's something wrong with you. No, now it's, now it's completely normalized. But, you know, hearing about your dad who didn't want any responsibilities, who didn't really, you know, thrive in being a father. And I, I can definitely speak to my own family members as to who was and wasn't appropriate to procreate. Like this shit brings me back to what we started this conversation about, just forcing individuals into the biggest and hardest situation in the world. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Thank 
thank you today for just in this moment having this conversation with me and just treading the waters of of how we feel how intense this is but how 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 possible a solution is it's all in don't our hands it's in our phones no don't lose hope i'm not going to lose hope you're going to lose hope it's all in our phones no i i'm 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 a pessimist who's opt, optimistic about humanity yeah I always say high hopes, low expectations, but I'm actually forcing <laughs> oh, myself to, to have higher expectations now. Otherwise, I'm not going to fight hard enough. We can do this. We have time. We have until the next election, correct? Before this Supreme Court thing passes. June is when they will release their official statement. What that'll do is it'll allow states who already have restrictive uh, abortion rights on the books to continue with that. And there will be no legal avenue to challenge that because the Supreme Court has read their precedent. What can we do? Well, okay. For example, California is doing this, but they need to, it needs to be in the state constitution that abortion is a right and a medical uh, privacy written into code. Yeah, It needs to be in the constitution. Do not settle for like, for example, New Mexico just does the same where they're like, okay, we had all these antiquated books, things on the book where we're not going to prosecute anybody if you get an abortion, but we had all these books that said we could. So we removed all those. But what they didn't do was was put it in the fucking constitution. So you need to let your reps know that you want that, that you want your rights written in the constitution because this is the exact problem that we're having with our federal constitution is that we're not even fucking mentioned in the goddamn thing. So like you need to exist in the state's legislature and you need to be seen because you're being represented by these people. And so like, and you're paying taxes and you're doing all this stuff. You deserve to be in writing in the state laws explicitly. This is your right. So what is it that made, because I'd read things that had made me feel as though we have more time than this before this becomes official. All they're ruling on is a certain case. So it will only affect the states that already are trying to erase abortion rights. It won't affect blue states that are, it'll only, it's only going to embolden the people who want to do the bad thing. Yeah. What can what changes at the election at the appointed the next if election? If you vote people into power in your state government that then protect the right to abortion. And we have senators and re- representatives at the federal level who are going to pass laws like the ERA, the Equal Rights Act, which would allow us to have a set of rights codified in our federal documents. Like we have to replace the people doing the bad shit with people who are going to not only reverse that stuff, but make it in stone. You can't do this shit again because this right mm-hmm. is protected. Same with well, Kamala marriage. Harris was recently talking about the fact that the Senate failed to write it into code. Uh, it was absolutely. And so this means we have to replace and shake up our Senate. We also have two Democrats who are in federal government who vote like Republicans. Who they're not they're not Democrats. They ran on a Democratic platform, but they're not Democrats. So we don't actually have a Democratic majority in the in the Senate right now. Um yeah. it's fake. It's wild. So it's wild. Fixing that. Can I ask you what yeah, as someone who has like a deep kind of, as you said, like a granular understanding of the system, what the fuck do we do? What are we gonna do? 
Because I'm, as an yeah. English person, would like to, I'd like to know, like, what happens well, next? How long do we have to fight this? Do you know the answers to this? I think I have a place to start, which is locally. So making sure that you're, so the, the trajectory of most politicians starts with school boards. And so people run for school boards and then they kind of work their way up the political ladder. Oh, that's interesting. So seeing, that. see, if, if you don't have kids, which is totally fine, you should still see who's on the school board because that's kind of the formula for how we do it here in America. And then making sure that if you personally don't want to run for office, that you find some political crush that you're like, this person is doing everything right. And I'm going to put all my energy behind this person. By the way, it's also very difficult to find someone who's doing everything right. And Oh, right. Sorry, not purity, to do perfectionist shit. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, but also the moral purity of the left is what's holding us back and allowing the right to absolutely demolish us. There is a moment where we have to be realistic that the perfect savior who has all of the right perfect values is not is not coming along anytime soon. And so we also have to figure out what we can stomach that doesn't take away. They might not be perfect on socialism or something, but at least they are pro everyone's human rights or it could be a different thing. Like just just trying to find people who have human rights at the core of their um, foundation, but also being willing to... Uh, accept that sometimes we have to be strategic and we have to think smart and we have to go, okay, I don't love that thing that they are, you know, maybe they're not environmentally the best, but they'll fight for these rights or this person is environmentally the best, but they don't do enough of this. It's about really figuring out what you can stomach if you're really Especially now. Rather than waiting Because there's so much damage that's been done. Mm -hmm. There's so much damage to undo. We can't be so rigid and and also it's it's hypocritical it's like politicians are people no none of us are perfect so let's stop and people can turn them. around obama's you know campaign he when he was running you know in the running to become president at first he said that he be he believed that marriage should be between a man and a woman and he was the one who ushered in equal marriage equal rights to marriage for everyone so what someone says they might be into might not not necessarily be the thing they're going to stick to people can change people are transient it's definitely a risk but as long as those risks aren't so severe that you can't live with them be willing to be malleable if you can because we're fucking losing right now there's no two I also, ways about it i don't love that politicians on the left feel like they have to do some kind of like respectability politics or like some of them talk so they do, they're, they don't present as humans. And I that I think is, that needs to go by the way of the dodo bird, which is probably not well, a phrase I that, should say because I'm sure the, <laughs> they didn't no, deserve, sure, the dodos that, didn't deserve it. But that's why that prick, you know, did so well is because he spoke the language of the people who New York and Los Angeles forget about. Literally forget yeah. about. There's so much classism in the left. There's so much like if you can't understand this rhetoric or they don't care. They think about race. They think about gender. They think about sometimes disability, although almost never. But we rarely hear the rich and poor. We, we rarely hear about class and, and poverty. That always seems to be a conversation that suddenly they back out of. So it's just, it's very, very tricky. It's super tricky, but I think... The 
despite all the problems, I think starting at a local level, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, LA historically doesn't turn out for mayoral elections. And that's scary because we have a billionaire running for mayor and that person this is Caruso. Yeah. Check the fuck out of society. So um, it's very scary. I'm very nervous about what's going to happen. We have mail-in ballots. There's literally no, nothing standing in your way to to turn out for the mayoral elections. And yet it's like 2% turnout. It's really, really low. He's also so donating people- loads of money to um, take, like to charities who want to take away the reproductive rights of people in California. Like he's, he's fully invested in all of the scariest shit. He's got the money to do it and he doesn't need to rely on anyone else for that money because he can pay for it himself. It's, it's, it's scary. And by the way, why? Why do you want to be mayor? Why don't you just be a rich guy? We had Nithya uh, Raman on our show and she's my council member in LA. And, you know, she kind of broke down the city council thing. If we have a very liberal city council, it's not that it doesn't matter that Rick Caruso becomes mayor, but it will definitely dilute his impact. So making sure that you're turning out for your city council elections. Like we have to participate. We have to participate on a local level because that's where politicians are formed. Not a lot of people jump right into federal government. So we all need to pay attention. We all need to start educating ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. California needs to get their shit together. We have a ton of problems. We're not as liberal as we seem. We have a democratic majority government and we can't put a dent in the problem with people being unhoused and mental health. We can't even put a dent in it. We have an economy the size of France. Where's that money going? Like holding people accountable to and being like, I want this shit fixed because I voted for a tax increase so that sales, part of the sales tax to pay for this stuff, where the fuck is it? So this is, da- <laughs> look, this is daunting, right? If I'm a 16 year old yeah. listening to this episode right now, I'm like, where the You're fuck the do I find out about, yeah, but where the fuck do I find out about school board? Where the fuck do I find out about mayoral elections and, and council stuff? You know, like, where do I, how do I, how, do, how does that 16 year old mobilize themselves and their family at least? To, well, I follow to, like, DSA start? LA. Okay, DSA I follow LA. all but the what democratic about, like, so- socialist what about accounts. Is there is it sort of like that version for every different state? I'm like democratic socialist, hardcore. Like tw- that's my Twitter feed, basically, of who I read and who I follow. And then they usually have recommendations for elections, mm-hmm. like a cheat sheet. And I just go and then I do my research based on who they say. And then if I'm like, I don't really know if I agree with this person, then I see who else is running. And then I go, oh, actually, this is the best person on this ticket. So I think there's no, I, no one needs to feel like you have to research everything. There's people out there doing the work. Find them and let them give you information. And then you do your own research. And But I don't think it has to be like a full hitting the ground with no information. There, There's a lot of incredible organizations out there. And I think finding an organization that you align with, I mean, uh, your local Black Lives Matter chapter, like they're going to have recommendations. Um, Any group that you identify really hard with, they're going to have opinions about this stuff that are probably very well informed. As a jumping off point, 
We can do it. If we look at my generation, the generation after that, the generation after that, look at how fucking well we research celebrities. Look at the fucking receipts we bring up on them. Look at how we go 12 years, 15 years into their original Tumblr from when they were a teenager. Like we know how to use the fucking internet. And if we just apply any of the energy that we do on TikTok to getting deep into Amber Heard and Johnny Depp's fucking receipts, like we have more than the capacity to find the truth and to find the resources and to find the information on these people. We just now need to more than ever redirect all of that energy towards no longer picking on each other but looking for the people who are going who are going to have the have the power and the patience to acquire the sanity and and humanity back into our society look for the helpers i mean yeah that's what it is seek them out also be like i'm going to go get a mani pedi today and i'm going to spend an hour on my phone looking up candidates like do something yeah. you like while you do this you know i mean it's it's daunting it's not it's not exciting but it's necessary. So like, I don't know. Well, it's, it's more exciting than um, having a baby that you don't want. How long did it take you to feel like you kind of got into the knowledge once you started? Like I, I stopped being as clueless when I was about 27. And it really took about a month of starting to get into the weeds of things before I realized this is actually not as complicated as it's been made out to be. It's deliberately yes. made to sound more complicated so that you won't investigate it because the more the less we know and the more intimidating it's made to sound the easier we will be to control knowledge is power and it has changed my life and made me feel safer to just understand what's going on it's nowhere near as complicated as it sounds no and by the way find somebody like my friend Ben Sheehan um he wrote a book breaking down the way the con- what the constitution actually says in like layman's terms. And he has an incredible TikTok where he explains everything that's happening and why it's happening. So he's talking, you know, can he's- you spell his name? S-H-E-E-H-A-N, Ben Sheehan. His dad was in politics. He's super smart. He talks like a, nor- he, he talks to you like you're hanging out as friends and it's incredible. I mean, I'm lucky that I have friends who are so much smarter than me who can explain things. And I think that's another thing is, you know, talking about the shame of not knowing, like you shouldn't be embarrassed to be like, I don't know where to start. Can you help me? What should I know about this? Do you know? I don't think that's shameful at all. I want to learn more to me as like the coolest and sexiest sentence in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Other than would you like a snack, which is the sexiest and coolest sentence in my opinion, in the world. Like my, Which my is, just opens. Yeah. <laughs> all flooded basement. It's been so good to talk to you. I hope that this has made people feel galvanized, uh, maybe a little bit hopeful. We can't keep going like this. And so, Erin, thank you so much for coming onto this podcast. I can't Thanks wait to talk to you me. again. And I believe in us. Me too. Good for us. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil is produced and researched by myself, Jamila Jamil, Aaron Finnegan, and Kimmy Gregory. It is edited by Andrew Carson, and the beautiful music you are hearing now is made by my boyfriend, James Blake. If you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support. 
We also have a bonus series exclusively on Stitcher Premium called Ask Jamila Anything. Check it out. You can get a free month of Stitcher Premium by going to stitcher.com forward slash premium and using the promo code IWAY. Lastly, over at iWay, we would love to hear from you and share what you weigh at the end of this podcast. You can leave us a voicemail at 1-818-660-5543 or email us what you weigh at iwaypodcast at gmail.com. And now we would love to pass the mic to one of our fabulous listeners. iWay having the courage to end a 10-year relationship that was no longer serving either of us. I weigh the fear of starting again aged 43. And I balance that weight with the excitement of starting again, aged 43. I weigh the things I'm finding out about myself as I venture into therapy. I weigh the lessons of my past and the future I will build for myself. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.